This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuck. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Can you hear it? Show you the one on dessert. Are we going? for me. Are we live? My talking into the mic starts. You are live. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Boy, do we need we need Owen to set these things up. We've had problems the last two times. Three times. So what you're doing is you're you're basically undermining us. But you're undermining uh, our other producer, Double A, and in doing so. Yeah. I, I guess what you're saying is Owen's more valuable than maybe we let on sometimes. Oh, I've always thought oh. Owen was very valuable, and Double A is less, I will say that myself. less valuable. I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give Owen some credit, um, probably not publicly, but personally, uh, for what for what he's thought of and what he's done. Some of the creative things. I had two fathers, two fathers. Okay, at the OHSAA awards thing that uh, you signed me up for. Let's sign you up for uh, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you? You've never won that award, have you? Uh, no. How did I win the award and you did when you nominated me? What is it? How what? does that work? <laughs> you have to be nominated. Oh. Then how did you get asked to nominate somebody and I've never been asked? There is no asking. You just get nominated? There's there's uh, the behind-the-scenes okay. efforts at times. Uh, either way. Sorry. So I had two fathers of kids who won scholarships come up and say how much they enjoyed Fatlock. Oh, good. And the one guy goes, you didn't get in trouble for that, did you? I go, from who? Yeah, who would? And he goes, well, you know, people are are professionally offended anymore. And I go, well, no one knows that better than me. But at the same time, why would? Well, you know, the fat person thing. And I go, well, I'm the fat guy they're making fun of. And if I'm not offended, why would anybody else be offended for me? I said, if I was making fun of another fat person and the fat person was offended and didn't like per, like public jokes, then that would be one thing. But if I'm the fat person, why would I be offended? Wouldn't we just not make fat jokes if I were offended by being fat, by people making fat jokes at me? Why well, Wouldn't we just not that do that on the air if, he, I, if I was that serious about it? I just it? think people that have any kind of relationship with the show, even yeah. casual fans, would understand that we hold nothing sacred. Yes. Is there anything we hold sacred? 
Is there anything too taboo for this um, show? Well, yeah, things we're not allowed to talk about by the FCC. Things oh, no, no, I don't no. want to get okay, but that's everybody. Things I'm, I don't want to get uh, you know in trouble for or suspended for. Or yeah, anything but like I'm that. but I'm saying we have in talking about our family dysfunction. Oh, yeah, there's, um, there's nothing. We yet. have hit all uh, all the tough for the sake of this show. All the tough subject matter. You know, like when we used to have people rip uh, Aaron Kraft. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's very hurtful to me. And yet we allow it. Mm-hmm. We allow it. Any Brian Hoyer slander. You love Brian Hoyer. Are there players that I love that I think about mm. that I just don't think about that you like? Like your relationship about Brian Hoyer and you liking him so much. Aaron oh, that's Kraft. A, that's Are a there good... players like that for me? I'm not sure. Well, I was so obnoxious with them. And I, it's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels would be the other ones. I mean, who have I tweeted about? Who have I talked about more than those guys? Oh gosh, I'm not sure. She probably does say a lot about me. Yeah. Well, you you you, you uh, probably for you're you a dog it's to a bone. Yeah, but probably for you it would be Dale Earnhardt. Well, yeah, but Dale's a legend. No mm-hmm. offense to Brian Hoyer yeah. and Aaron Kraft, but they were good at what they did. And Aaron and Brian Hoyer's made a lot of money, so mm. it's not like he's you know he's not like a one off. He's he's a good quarterback, but Dale Earnhardt was a legend. Sure. An absolute legend. Um, okay. Well, I guess that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. What did you want to say? You you brought up something about dogs or something like that you want to discuss on the podcast? How comfortable society has gotten with bringing a lot of animals, but mostly dogs, everywhere. Not just the, okay, we all well, see them at the... support animals now. We see them at the... Well, that's, that's the go-to. Yeah. As an excuse for everybody to be able to take their dogs wherever they want. And society has obviously caved on this. I don't take Sam anywhere. Which, I, now why is that? Why don't you take? Because he's 10 and he's but even a if, bigger breed and it's hard to get him in the truck okay, and out of the truck. What's incredible is size doesn't seem to matter anymore. It used to be just the little ones. I mean, Paris Hilton. Honestly, I think Paris Hilton uh, began the the craze of bringing your... Well, she had a little dog. She had a little dog. Uh, but that just then got more and more abused and abused and abused where everybody had to have their dog. We have somebody in our lives, uh, a friend of ours, really good friend of ours, uh, that started bringing her little dog everywhere, and it became the novelty. Like, we'd go drink in on a Saturday, start the pub crawl, and, oh, look, my, my dog is in, like, my backpack. Like, how cool is that? And it, it was cool because her dog's small. What I see around here in this building, and it is a yeah. residential building now, so all these apartments are okay with dogs. It's tough to have a, a, a luxury, what do we call them, luxury apartments? Luxury apartments. It's yeah. tough to have one without allowing dogs right yeah. now. Well, I think that's impossible. It, that's part because, of what they're paying for. Because that is what they're paying for. So because we've allowed dogs in all the luxury apartment complexes, because we allow dogs then in the bars, mm-hmm. even some restaurants, they're just everywhere now. It's carte blanche. Like, nobody wants to tell these dog owners no but we've coddled them to you such can an put extent. A sign out there that says no. Yeah, they just dogs, don't, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Bleh. They just don't no seem, shirt, no shoes, no service. They just don't seem like there were friendly areas. Like Tremont is a dog friendly area. But when I'm in the suburbs now, I'm like stunned that the owners can't be happy about having the dogs in there. Uh, the amount of them, you know, we're not talking hypo- hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's anything goes. And so a lot of a lot more people than you realize are well, bothered by dogs. They, um, it drives them crazy. Like they have to leave because of the dog because situation. People are allergic to dogs. Yeah, yeah, because they are allergic. And then the barking and the smells 
And we just as a society, I, I mean, I'd say for better or for worse, obviously by the tone of what I'm saying, it's for me, it's for worse. Dogs can stink like crazy. They get nervous. And they can. My Sam gets nervous, and it's like this whole, like the pheromones, mm. it is such this whole different yeah. stench. You could give him a bath and put him in a nervous situation, mm-hmm. and it will ruin the bath. And it's all, yeah. And it's also, Kenny, I would say, what about the children? What about the dogs, the young pups? I feel bad for them sometimes because you are introducing them to unknowns yes. out and about where every day could be a new unknown, a new sound, a new smell, I, a I new person agree. that they feel threatened by. And it could be. A recipe for disaster. Sam, Sam going to a lot of places. Now, maybe they would argue, maybe dog trainers would argue, the earlier and the more often you do it, I guess, maybe the better they be in these different scenarios. But I'll tell you, Sam, Sam, we got Sam when we were living in Tremont, so we've been through a couple of moves with Sam. And he's made each home his territory very quickly, mm-hmm. but he's also been very territorial. When he goes outside of his territory, he's not comfortable. Uh, even going it, like we sent him with the boys to the grandparents' house. Sam goes with them um, because you know you have a dog at home, and if Liz and I are going anywhere for the evening, it's it's I'm not going to put anybody else in that situation. To let Sam out because one Sam's a big enough dog. I don't know how Sam's going to react. Mm-hmm. Sam doesn't like guys. Uh, he doesn't like men. Uh, he 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 knows that I'm Liz runs the house, but I run the house in terms of. I'm the one that your yells voice everybody. runs the yeah. house. My voice runs the home, so there's a respect there that he has, and he he'll let me pet him. But he, he's yeah. it's not the relationship he has with Lizzie. Yes, does he let other strangers pet him? No, like even not, in like not very other much. places. We like we that. actually commented on it. My neighbor was over. My neighbor AJ was over, and AJ is five foot nine, five foot ten, uh, five foot ten. I think I'm being generous, maybe. Uh, he's he's a little bit uh, heavier. Well, he's not he's not me, but he's a little heavier. And he and Sam just let him do it. But my one neighbor Jim, who's a very good man, very good man, tall man, good man, the whole thing. Um, Jim went to pet him, and we were going. Jim, he yeah, doesn't like guys. Yeah, yeah. We kept yelling at Jim. He doesn't like guys, and Sam snapped but don't like at him. Me. He put his face like on Sam's face, and and Sam snapped oh. at him. I'm going, Jim. He doesn't like dudes. He doesn't. He likes. That's my, dangerous. He likes me, and well, really, he tolerates me. He he's good to the boys. He was very close with each one in their baby phases. What do you think they're sensing? What do you um, think a dog is sensing? I know we're no animal experts here. Uh, someone wants to tweet at us. What thinks, is it about a man think, that a dog can discern? Well, okay, this is a different gender. This is either a threat or something that I'm not used it to. It could have been something that he doesn't even know from his from before yeah, I, wonder, I got him. Yeah, I wonder about that. Um, because Jim, and the reason I brought Jim up, is Liz's uncle Mike, same body. Like, they're both tall. They're both like six seven, very tall, yes. lanky, uh, missing hair. No offense to Jimmy, but he doesn't have much hair up top. And uh, they look the same. And Sam hates Liz's uncle Mike. Okay. And we'll growl at him and snap at him and to the point where we don't even allow him out if they ever come to the home. Oh, no kidding. Yes, doesn't like him. He he's fine with he's fine with my father in law. He likes my dad. My dad always brings him treats, so he's ever since he was a puppy, he's always seen my dad he's as somebody who brings him food. 
and so he's comfortable with. My what dad. was it like with the kids? Were you ever worried about the kids? Never once. Uh, one time he growl. He'll growl at the boys if they get a little too rambunctious. Because before, you know, the one time when you know Axel and Eli are very close in age, and so at one point, you know, they're they're three years old and two years old, and they're both very thin. They're not heavy. They're they're very light, and so they could kind of roughhouse with Sam, and he'd be okay. Well, now they're seven and five, mm-hmm. and one's going to be six this fall. They're bigger. And so they can't play with Sam the way they used to play with Sam. And Sam's older. And when dogs get older, they they do. They get crotchety, and that's the way he is. Plus, they get crotchety for reasons. You can see it in his eyes. He has cataracts now. Yeah. And I wonder how good his hearing is. And so now he's 10 years old. The more – and we say they're crotchety, and I, I really, it's probably the wrong term because I'm guessing that they're more nervous because they can't see as well or they can't hear as well. So they're more alert or on – on edge because of those things working against them. And they're, they're afraid they're going to miss something. So it's, it's like, Hey man, you kind of got to give him a space. Like when Jonah was a baby, Sam followed him everywhere. Now that Jonah is three and Jonah walks around and kind of hangs out and plays with his brothers. He kind of let, he kind of leaves them go. Like Sam was close with all the boys when they were babies and toddlers. And uh, there's a point of letting go for Sam where he just doesn't care. So that's that, and that's just Sam's experience. I've heard that there's girl dogs that are very protective of uh, the men in the household. Um, well, what I can tell you that's is, what I've always heard. Maybe it's a little if anybody's person. listening, going, why? Why does Anthony care about dogs? Everywhere? Well, the dog was barking his ass off during a well, segment today. Well, I was, I was bit. I, I, this was like traumatic when I was young. We had a, we had a Rottweiler that had to be, that had to be uh, donated <laughs> very early on mm-hmm. uh, because I got, I got bit, and Rottweilers were, na- you know, very nasty. They were a lot more common, I feel like, back in the day when I was young, like in the 80s, than they are now. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of families with Rottweilers, you know, around. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, pit bulls, Rottweilers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, German Shepherds. You know, these were all dogs you were a little nervous about at times. And I then delivered pizza. And we've talked about all the experiences delivering pizza. I absolutely got attacked by dogs because their owners just don't think they they're drinking they don't think oh a stranger is not only coming to the door i'm inviting them in like oh crap there's a dog that now an intruder that we've never seen before and is coming with food and and you know it's it is it's it's the perfect storm to get attacked and i absolutely got attacked and back then it wasn't like oh calling the police i'm suing i'm getting a lawyer they just got bit. They apologized, and you went and made your next delivery. It wasn't a federal uh, case, uh, and it wasn't like, "Oh, do you have your shots?" You know, is this something I should be nervous about? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think those traumatic experiences when I was younger have made me almost hyper aware and a little annoyed that I don't trust other dog owners. Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm just walking about in public and I see dogs, I mean, with their owners, a lot of them not on leashes. Just with them. And it's like society has absolutely caved on this issue. Society has said, we care more about our comfort of having our dogs around and also that we don't want to want them at home. What do you call it? Crated or uh, Crate. yeah. Yeah, that, that they feel bad. They know that their dogs are, are just, it's very sad. And if you live next to them in apartments, mm-hmm. they just cry all day. Yep. So then you're like, well, crap, I don't want them to call my landlord. On us. Oh, when we first got Sam, he had he had huge separation anxiety. Yeah. And the woman, so we we got him from this. Uh, we we got him from 
the place that they lived at, what they turned the place into a hellhole. It wasn't that big, mm. big of a hellhole, but it was. Let's be honest. It wasn't a bad place. They turned it into a hellhole. And uh, they were old. The woman was... She was one of those invalids that were on oxygen and smoking at the same time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it was this big situation. And so Sam had a severe separation. She was a puppy. He was about six months old at the time. And uh, no matter what, I knew when we walked in, if the dog was Cujo, Liz was going to want the dog just to get it out of the situation that we walked into. So we got him, and we, we'd leave the house. I mean, he'd lose it. He yeah. At one point, we got a cage for him. And the cage, he actually broke through the cage. If Liz wasn't home, he was actually getting himself in the back of the neck with the bottom of the cage. He stuck his head out the cage. I had to, I had to get rid of that cage, and I got another cage. Oh, my God. And I zip-tied all the joints on the cage mm-hmm. so he couldn't destroy that cage. And then we had to. I had to get him medicine because once he was, once he had, he was like on a doggy Xanax, and once he was okay knowing that I'd come home. Hopefully he didn't drink, drink with that. We didn't That'd be have bad. to give him. Yeah, well, it's true. We didn't have to give him the medicine anymore. It was a very short period of time. And the woman at the at the, at the the pet shop, and I know I could get hammered for this. The woman at the pet shop was really anti, anti. She's like, well, if you could. I'm like, I can't take a day off of work. Yeah, I, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, she's like, well, you're, you, you're going to have to take a couple days off of work. I go, I can't do that. I go, this is the time I got one week of vacation. I go, I can't be taking days off. I go, I can't, I can't, this There's is my no wife's way. dog, yeah, I, I, can't, no I can't do this, so um, he got over it pretty quickly, we worked with him, we were patient with him, and then it, it became a time of how long, but it was never in the cards to take him around, I don't trust him, it's the fear of the biting, I don't trust any dog to not bite at somebody, and then, you know, people could say they're they're, unpredictable. they're great with dogs, but it, dogs are dogs, they're still animals. But every, just, just like a human, every dog has their breaking point. And they're unpredictable, and they can't communicate to you, so you have no idea. You can have tells. You can have signs of when it's going to happen. So I, I realized how I sounded on the show today when I was annoyed about the dog. I just, I just, it's not even that I'm like a Karen and I'm, you know, calling the police on you for having a dog. I just, I just think we've allowed, we've caved so much on this that there's no turning back, right? There's no turning back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just. You go to CVS, people are just walking with their dogs down the aisle, and there's like, does anybody care anymore? I don't okay? care, but I don't care. I, mm. I'm not bothered by it. It doesn't bother me. So I maybe I just I haven't thought about it because it hasn't bothered me. Does it bother you, Double A? I mean, it depends because you know that it only takes one time for somebody to mess up. And I think mm. it's that fear of that one time somebody's slipping up because it's so casual. Like it, it's it's nuts how casual the animals are out. And then there's an obligation of, well, if I meet up with the animal, do I have to pet the animal or not? Do I have to pet the yeah. dog or not? And it's compl- it's very awkward. Very awkward. I uh I I've I've just I'm so used to everything being a legal issue it seems. Yes. I'm a fr- I'm I don't want to put myself in that situation. That's why I don't take Sam to public places. I don't take him to dog outings at baseball games or anything like that, you know, pound at the park or whatever it is. I don't do that. Um, I just don't want to put myself in that spot. Yeah, the dog parks. Stays home. I mean, I see them all the time. I, I down in Rocky River at the bottom, it turns into Lakewood Dog Park, and I see everybody there. And I've seen incidents, and you hear about them all the time. And look, it's there's nothing you can do. I mean, it really isn't. You just yeah, have to have your dog on a leash and hope that you can control your dog. Yeah. But they're gonna lose it. Every it doesn't matter how good your dog is. Your dog it's, is going to lose it yeah. at some point. 
it's I, I just I, I just play the odds of that type of thing and I go well it, the the odds of the control because you do think about these things the odds of the control are like you have a backyard at your house that's fenced in you can control that uh, I have a backyard at my mm-hmm. house that's not fenced in but has a run Andy's older I can control that yeah. now, what will I do if I have to get a puppy again we'll talk yeah about that's that. different but, but now that Sam's older he's he's just more just cool with everything but when Liz lets him out the front to go to the bathroom in the front he's always on a leash. It's a very it's a it's a very different spot. He because Sam never went to any obedience classes or anything like that. So, I mean, there's neighbors I have who people forget I have a dog because he's he just just he's quiet except when Liz is outside he cries. Um, but he's pretty quiet for the most part. They forget I have a dog in the neighborhood. I forgot my other my other neighbor had a dog. They have a they have a pit bull, and I forgot about her because she's quiet. For the most part, mm-hmm. and she—they used to let her uh, go to the bathroom out front. They don't anymore. Uh, did you want to talk any sports at all? Or do you want to go right to this movie? Uh, no. I think okay. we can get right to the movie. So I saw two movies over the weekend. We're brought to you by Extend Technology. Now, one I have. Oh, sorry. Uh, one I have not seen. The other I have seen. Okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? The well, one you have or haven't? Well, which one? Probably was, the one you have. Which one was Copland? Copland was the f- second one I saw. So I saw a movie Thursday and Friday night. Did I watch Copland Friday night and then watch Wolf of Wall Street Thursday night? I watched Wolf of Wall Street and I watched Copland. And I don't know why I put it in my queue. I was like, you know, I've never seen Copland. It's got De Niro. It's got Keitel. It's got Stallone. It's got some heavy hitters. Didn't it get universally panned when it came out? Wasn't it like a Jay Leno nightly joke about how bad Copland was? I don't know. I... Okay, so I don't. I just don't think it was the type of movie people thought it was going to be. Maybe uh-huh. I don't know. Like, let me hold on. Let me find the IMDb is seven out of ten. The IMDb is seven out of ten. Let's see the reception. Budget fifteen million. It boxed off a sixty three point seven. So it made money. Uh, release reception seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. See, this is aged pretty well. Seventy six percent is really good. Yeah, six point five on sixty six reviews. Six point five out of ten. Uh, Copland gifts its star-studded cast with richly imagined characters while throttling the audience with carefully ratcheted suspense. Although this potboiler lacks the moral complexity of the crime classics that it harkens to. Okay, I can get that. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert gave it two out of four. Roger said it was, um, there's a rough balance between how long a movie is, how deep it goes, and how much it can achieve. That balance is not found in Copland, and the result is too much movie, for the running time. <laughs> too much movie. What does that mean? Not enough movie, too, too much, much movie. movie. Is it like they're starting trying to stuff too much movie into the time that it allows? Mo- most most likely, yeah. Because the movie Yeah, 105 minutes. It's less than 2 hours. Uh, what, hour 45? That's an hour 45, right? I Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Got any movie that is below two hours now on Netflix or HBO Max, uh, Automatically vaults up I'm gonna, to the I'm top the of the chance. standings. I'm going to give it a chance, and I think that that's where I was like, "Hey, I, I can." Where I can, can I stream it? Oh, this was HBO Max. I got it. Good, uh, I could stay awake for this movie. That's another thing I think of. So I watched Awakeability. I watched Philadelphia for the first time since I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what I was doing watching Philadelphia when I was ten years old. It's a great movie. But I saw Philadelphia for the first time in 26 years uh, over the weekend. This would have been Saturday night and a Sunday. And I thought of Copland because I go, this movie's long and I'm falling asleep. Yeah. So I had to rewind a little bit and finish it up yesterday morning. That's what it was. It was Sunday night into Kenny, Monday. I can't stay up for any movie yeah. right now. Because I went home. We, we, set off, we set off fireworks and then I went home and watched Philadelphia. And uh, that's, that's how I celebrated yeah. the 4th of July on there July 3rd. So, uh, by the way, Philadelphia, great. I thought they could have spent a little bit more time in the courtroom. On some of the stuff that made a difference, you wanted more courtroom. I thought there was more. I thought there there was room for more courtroom drama. I think there was more. There, sh- I think there could have been. I wanted a deeper connection with Denzel Washington's character and Tom Hanks's character. I wanted a deeper connection. I wanted him to hug him. I wanted a kiss on the forehead when he was dying. They knew this was the last time they were going to see each other. Nobody wanted to say. Antonio Banderas was great in it. I just love the part where right when he passes away, or right before he passes away, you know, he says he's ready, mm. and. uh because you can tell, I mean, it's he's in agonizing yeah. pain, and it's like I always, I always, inter- I'm always interested in what happens afterwards. Like, did Denzel Washington? Did I say Denzel Ward at first, by probably did, yeah, okay. maybe. But when you what? say Denzel, yeah. we know you're talking movies and Denzel. I think that's a that's an easy Freudian Ohio State Cleveland thing to to make that mistake. Did Washington fight? The, do you have to? So your client passes away. You've been awarded about five and a half, four and a half million dollars in damages. Do you that you knew there was going to be an appeal? She said, "We'll see in appeals." Do, do you have to fight that the whole way that your clients passed? Are you the one who has to? I don't know that. I don't know if that's fact. Like, do you have to be the lawyer that goes through that again? I don't think you have to be, but okay. knowing what you know about it, it's an easy, it's an easy one. To, do you think any of the other judges flipped the verdict, or the other? Uh, any? Do you think the verdict was ever flipped? Boy, I don't know. I I'll tell you that. You think about where we were at the time that that movie came out. I know that this wasn't the movie we were going to talk about, but during the time of that movie, you remember, you had NBA players saying they were worried about guarding Magic Johnson. Think about what we did know and what we didn't know at that time for that virus. Mm-hmm. And 
how we were culturally and obviously medicine wise has yeah. changed. Yeah. But like that's why that movie was so so important. It was a look into the way things were. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was a look into like if if my son watches Philadelphia uh, he's not going to watch it when he's seven. Of course, I saw it when I was ten. So, so you say he yeah, watches right. Philadelphia in three years. He, I don't think he's going to understand things the way I understood him. I was an only child. I, I had mm-hmm. a lot of adult themes. Um, but say he watches Philadelphia when he's a senior in high school. There's just going to be some stuff that's just out of date. Just out of date. Just the, the themes, the thoughts, the language. Are you I ever mean, jealous? Good God. I... Some of the slurs that are thrown in there are just a, an abomination. But... Are, are you ever jealous of the fact that your kids, if they ever get into music or or art of some sort, movies, that they have this almost limitless catalog available at their disposal. They have you as a steward, no. you as a curator, no. that you can, when you deem them age-appropriate, they can see this amazing, you get to see them see it for the first time, these amazing pieces of art, because that's what all these movies are. True. Whether it's Shawshank, we've talked about uh, Goodfellas and The Godfather and all the One one Blow Over the Cuckoo's Us, these incredible movies that they don't know about yeah. yet. They don't even know exists. And you only get to see these movies one time, but when you get to live vicariously through them, Silence of the Lambs. I am. Uh, I get excited about thinking about these movies, and maybe it's music. Maybe it's more music. Yeah. Maybe they're more musically inclined. That they get to hear Led Zeppelin for the first time, or what the Beatles. Well, I, I mean, we were around for Napster and LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in high school when LimeWire was out. I, I could I could get CDs burned, and then I was able to burn mm-hmm. my own CDs still in high school. Uh, so my parents probably felt, you know, the way I do. Where I had a zest to go back and watch 70s, a lot of 70s movies, especially during that that sweet spot of mm-hmm. 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, one of the best movie eras ever. The mid-90s, another a, unbelievable era. My parents were, my dad not as much as my mom. My mom now, my mom, I always has said, had questionable tastes in movies. Of course, there's a lot of movies that I like. When, when you go back and look them up on Rotten Tomatoes, they get terrible reviews. Child's Play. Terrible reviews that I love. Um, so maybe, maybe the apple didn't fall far yeah. from the tree there. I, I want to review these movies, but let me say this. I think there's a difference between music and movies. Music, music I want them to find, but I want them to define themselves. I want them to enjoy their own music. I think there's too many of us that want to put our kids into a a category and have them like the same music we like. And if they don't like the same music we like, then we're automatically going to have a big disagreement and we, for whatever reason, think less of the generation after us mm-hmm. because they like different music. When it's just natural, things are changing. That's the, interesting. The taste, taste of music is changing. This generation is learning about older music, yeah. not through sampling, but through TikTok. And, well, I think that's a great point, mm-hmm. but there's also the sampling a- aspect. Of, I, I'll never forget this. I don't know why I remembered it. So my mom took me to Best Buy, and I was able to buy, like, I was allowed to buy, like, three CDs. And I bought like I know I that's where I bought Juvenile 400 Degrees. Uh huh. I know that's exact. I don't know if it was it wasn't the same sitting, but I know that's where I bought uh, DMX mm-hmm. Flesh of My Flesh, mm-hmm. Blood of My Blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom tried to get me to get an Indigata Devita or mm-hmm. Iron Butterfly mm-hmm. Greatest Hit CD. And I said I'm not old. And the whole thing is now that there's. Music that you can legally play on Spotify, on 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 the Odyssey app, on everything. 
Now that there's music you can legally do that with, and it's not behind a door, and you can't get yourself in trouble, your parents in trouble, whatever, I think that that's the best thing. Because, say, for instance, Iron Butterfly is not the best example. That's, That's 60s psychedelic rock. And I'm okay on 60s psychedelic rock. But like say like like Led Zeppelin, you hear Immigrant Song on a commercial. Mm-hmm. You go and you find Immigrant Song. Mm-hmm. You Shazam it, whatever. You go and find it. Then that opens you up to all... And I'm terrible with albums. Terrible with albums. But that opens you up to so much more of their catalog, just getting a taste of it. Which, why would I buy an Iron Butterfly greatest hit CD at, at Best Buy when I was... 13 years old i wasn't going to do that i would never do that i would advise 13 year old ken to do that now because then i'm stuck with all these other songs that maybe i don't like but if i take iron butterflies and it got a davita and i listen to well if you're going to stick through 12 minutes you might as well stick through the whole 18 or 24 depending on what version you have if i listen to some of that and then there's on spotify more like this and then we're into jefferson airplane then we're into some of the, like, you start to get into some of the other ones, and then you get a sampling of each one, and then maybe you can do a deep dive, or you can come back to it, you can remember it. So it creates this different type of community in your head of where music is. And now I look at music, a lot of it's based on feeling for me. A lot of it's based on what type of mood I'm in. You know, summertime, I do not listen to, I love Waylon Jennings. I love Hank Williams Jr. I know that he has some opinions that I don't agree with, but I, I like music. And I don't listen to Waylon Jennings a lot during the winter time. Winter is a different time for me. There's different music that plays in winter. You know, I don't listen to polka in in hot ass ninety degree weather. I won't do it. But I will listen to polka in the early winter time, late fall. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to it in the spring. You know that type of thing. For There's me, that's um, for a lot of funerals. Yeah, yeah. polka music is for yeah. it. so that's the way I feel about those type of things. Like, and I I hope it sets up that same way with movies. There's going to be a lot of explanations. Yes. Because, you know, we brought up the people that are professionally offended. There's a lot of things that I, I have to look at and go, it's not right now. But it's that was the way thinking was in society. And some of these themes, we have to remember, are set up to be, it wasn't right in 1975, let alone right in 2022 or 2034. Yeah. Like, those type of, like, people need to recognize that. Like, it was set up for you to have this type of response. And it can't just all be good versus evil uh, comic book movies. Can't all be that way. Like, I need some drama. I need something to stick with me there. But anyway, you want me to get to the cop- Copland? Let's go. Let's go. So Copland, I'd never seen it before. I thought De Niro was going to narrate the whole thing from the very beginning. And I'll, I'll be quick with my Copland review. I thought it was great. Kaitel was great, even though I like to root for Kaitel, and he was a bad guy in this movie. And I love Harvey Kaitel. And like when I think of him, I think of Winston Wolf and You're not gonna die! You're not gonna die! You're gonna be okay! And I, I like Harvey Kaitel, and it was hard for me to see him as a bad guy, which people are like, well, Ken. I'm like, I'm sorry, there's certain guys you just naturally like, and Harvey Kaitel is one of those guys for me. Um, I thought Stallone was excellent. I thought this was a showing of what he is actually, he can be as an actor. Um, he came off sincere. He put on weight for this film. Uh, he looked like a guy whose body had been through the rigors. Um, I, I, it was weird. It, he looked like a guy, like you see like weird commercials for like weight loss supplements and people are like, wow, the before and after you go, 
Well, that's a guy. Usually they take guys who are, people don't realize this. They take bodybuilders who have had an injury and they put on weight. That's what they do? They I didn't do, know that. So that's I, not a reason that typical. You guys wouldn't believe this. I've had some buddies in that business. And they say they take bodybuilders who might have had like a, a like a leg injury or something. And that guy's that guy puts on a bit of a gut and they go, Oh, before you cut, let's take some pictures here and make some money. And they'll take some pictures, put it up there as an advertisement, and they'll go, Anthony from Anthony and Anthony in Bay Village, Ohio. Well, they didn't know Anthony was a I, IFBB pro. <laughs> they didn't realize that. Or they didn't realize that he trained for North Coast Championships or something like that. They don't realize that. They just see that Anthony used this product in the in, in, and it worked and it and it really really worked for him. Changed my life. So he didn't look like a, it's weird. He's a '80s shredded star, mm-hmm. and here we are in this mid '90s, early '90s movie, and he looks like he is naturally like that. He's he's got a bit of a gut. He's got a bit of a paunch. He's not overweight. And you're saying he has some range to him. He 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 really. Looks like a sympathetic figure. He comes off. I mean, they make him out to be pathetic, and Sylvester Stallone is pathetic in this movie. I, I got to see it. You sold for, me just on that alone. For you, most of the movie, he is me. a pathetic figure that nobody respects in this movie. Underlined, no one respects Sylvester Stallone in this movie. It's unreal. It's very, very good. I thought the acting was good. The ending. I'm not going to give it away since you're going to see it. Uh, yeah, you can't spoil it now. The ending, I think, was as good as it could have been. I think it could have been a little bit different. Michael Rappaport is in this movie. Michael Rappaport is good in this movie. You know how big of a fan this show Michael is. Michael Rappaport is so good in this movie, it makes me regret trolling him to some <laughs> certain degree. And then I'm like, out oh, of hell with it. You know was- Let's let, uh, we should get him back on. Let bygones be bygones. The other movie I saw, we can do that. I mean, Double A, you want to circle back to that? And then you're gonna I'll am- bring Michael Rappaport on and make nice with him. And you're care. gonna ambush him again. Yeah, yes. probably. The other movie I saw, Wolf of Wall Street. Now you've seen this, right? Double A, have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's good. Let me underline it. It's good. It's very long. It's good. It was a little much on the cocaine or i should say drugs and sex part like the shock value it was just so much gratuitous sex and nudity and i'm just like i get it man i know you had a lot of prostitutes and i know you had sex with a lot of different women who weren't your wife and the one i mean the like the one value like are we doing this for shock value or are we doing this for artistic for anything artistic here. I mean, this is Wolf of Wall Street. This is a good movie. It was good to finally get... Now, I know some of the uh, the memes. It was good to get the memes. It was good to get the memes <laughs> yes. now and to know where they're and from. And now you know. And one of us and yes. all that stuff. And then he's just... He, he's sympathetic figure. You're supposed to root... Uh, are you supposed to root for him? I don't know. But you're, you're, you're pulling for him to, like, get out of the jam and... Uh, continue on with his with his rock star life. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, this I don't is know a, if that's... And it bothered me because there's so much, and I'm like, man, this is Scorsese. Yeah. And it, it, and I, I just thought it should have been, I don't know. I, I just felt like, just take a little bit off the top. Like doing the drug. I don't know. What was he smoking on top of the one woman's ass? What was he smoking? He was like smoking a substance, like in her privates. Mm-hmm. And she was naked. And I'm going, what is, I've never seen drugs done like that before. And I've seen people do a lot of different drugs. I'm like, what is that drug you're doing? What is this? But um, I thought that DiCaprio was amazing. 
Um, who's the guy? Who's the who's the FBI agent? Who's going after him? It's been a while. I don't know. Wow. I thought it yeah. was good. I just there was a there was a couple of scenes where I thought the scene where he invites him on the boat. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that, Jesus! Like when he he's told specifically not to, and then he does, and it turns into this huge you know what measuring yeah. contest between the two. I liked how now we can mention the ending since all three of us saw it. I liked the part where they did show who was the damn guy. Was it Kyle, was his name Kyle Chandler? Is it Kyle Chandler? I can't place it at it's all. Kyle Chandler. It's okay. Kyle Chandler. He's been in he's been in Grey's Anatomy. That's where I knew his face from. I like the part where they showed him riding the subway after they got him arrested mm. and all the stuff. He's like, Yeah, I'm still riding the subway. What I the scene I liked, what I didn't like, I didn't like him get, them getting on the yacht and that whole thing. I, mm. I didn't like how that ended. I thought that was ridiculous. The scene that I loved, Rob Reiner goes in there, and he's got $436,000 charged to American Express in one month. And there's a part where you can tell Reiner, DiCaprio, who are the other ones? that I'm? The, you got Jonah Hill Jonah in there. Jonah Hill, yeah. And who are the other ones that are in there? But you can tell they are just feeling the moment. And Leonardo DiCaprio's trying not to laugh, and it looks like he's you. I I I lost, and I thought about this: Is he trying not to laugh because it's his character? Are they that good of actors? They are. They're all that good of actors, or is this like they know how ridiculous this is, and this is this is this is great stuff? This is. I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> this is great effing bleep. Yes. You know what I mean? Is that what they're trying to do? Because like. Jonah Hill's poking and prodding Rob Reiner in the mm. movie, and he's like, "Hey, but you better calm down. He's gonna get like." And it was like this funny thing, and they're trying to explain away, like, "Okay, the dinner got out of hand." He goes, "What's EJ Entertainments? What is that?" And his dad is—it's so, so crazy. His dad is so not. His dad is obviously not cavalier about it, but it's just you know this. This is the reality of things. My son goofs off, does drugs, runs around in his wife. The whole thing that he's just—he deals with it. And he's so a matter of fact about everything. But I thought in that scene, he was great. Like when you see Wall Street, Martin Sheen is such a hard working mm-hmm. blue collar guy. And and it's like Charlie Sheen hides his life as much as he can from Martin Sheen in that movie until he can't no longer. In Wolf of Wall Street, it is just there. Rob Reiner knows, and he's got to pick up the he's got to pick clean up the mess. The scene, and then what? What? What's so great about the movie is it did elicit a emotional reaction because he's he's going off to jail. He's got to, he's got a rat on his friends. His marriage has fallen apart, which that scene, boy, that scene hit home when his marriage fell apart. Not the hitting part. Good God. Uh this when he you go back and you go, why didn't you just walk away? You had a golden opportunity. You wouldn't have done any jail time. You wouldn't have been in the business anymore, but you would have had so much money that you still would have had. I mean, all these hundreds of millions of dollars that you would have had anyway. And then he comes out on the other, and then you see it where it's almost like, I know it's based upon a true story. The guy's a motivational speaker. is still worth $100 million. Yeah. So he didn't lose all of <laughs> Right. So it's almost this thing of, eh, who's the joke really on? He did two months and he did two almost two years in prison. Not even did twenty two months in prison. In the grand scheme of things, two years. If you lived to be eighty years old, I don't know if this guy's gonna live to be eighty years old. He did every drug under the sun. But if if you're still that way and you're still a BS artist and you're still a salesperson, what's it all matter? Yeah, would you would you trade two years 
of your independence for the seven, eight, ten years of amazing yeah. best restaurants, best trips, boating, women, and, and drugs. Still, Would you trade yeah. two years of your independence? Of course, and your your marriage because you traded in your marriage. In yeah. Your, and at that point, I mean, how how are you in a yacht accident and you're alive for that? I didn't. I, I was like, this is over the top. And that scene killed me where he, like, what is going through all their heads when Scorsese says, action, and he has to whip open the door and go, what the F is going on? And, like, he just screams it into the, into the cat, like, into the, uh, where the wheelhouse, whatever it is. Like, what is that? It's an amazing scene to me. But it did, it, it got an emotional reaction to me in the end. I'm going, man, it didn't have to be this way. And it's like, wait a minute, he doesn't care. It, it doesn't matter. His his kids, yeah, he doesn't have, like his life is. It wasn't like blow where you're like, Jesus, man, George Young's life is falling apart. This guy is still worth a hundred million dollars yeah. in real life. He's married again. Yeah, now that's his thing. Like he'll find an, he found another marriage. Yeah, he found another marriage. He just he found another life. Found another life, and like I felt bad for his like. He had to rat on his, his only friends that he really had, but he stuck to the guns of, mm. you have no friends here. McConaughey, 10 minutes in the movie, I'll just say this. He spends 10 minutes in the movie. He's great. It's absolutely outstanding. McConaughey's the best. I, lo- I love Matthew McConaughey more and more. That's probably not popular. Could take. they do a McConaughey? A could they take. do his character a prequel? Of Matthew McConaughey? Well, his, yeah. But he's only making a million dollars. This guy, I know. This, this SOB made, but, what, $43 million in one year? Or no. Mm. He made forty nine million dollars. He was upset because it wasn't a million dollars a week. He made twenty three in a week and an afternoon when they went public with Steve yeah. Madden. I mean, my God! So you could, but at the same time, when you've already had the story of Jordan Belfort, when you're making it's just that saying much the money, stakes aren't going to be high enough for when you're making a million dollars a year. A lot of us would love to make a million dollars a year, but if I've already heard the story of some guy making so much more, eh, you're a pissant in comparison. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's it's a no. If they would have came out with the McConaughey and then did the Belfort, okay, I'm in. But I just, I love, God, I, I, I don't care. I know that it was, before he won his Oscar, it was a good thing. It was a cool thing to kind of make fun of Matthew McConaughey and do the all right, all right. I think he's great. If you've ever seen, um, I'll say this and then we'll go, watch him in Bernie. I don't believe the movie Bernie is a Christopher Guest movie. But he's so good. He is good. Yeah, Have you ever I seen Bernie? Yeah. Okay. You made me go see it. Oh, that's right. I had yeah. you see What did you think of that movie? I loved it. I thought it was great. Did Did you ever see that movie, Double A? I have not. But we got a homework assignment. Yeah, it is um, Jack Black, who actually is a better actor than what people want to... It's Richard Linklater. He's terrific uh, in that movie. Is the director. And I mean, they're all good. Shirley MacLaine's good. Uh, Jack Black's good in it. And Matthew McConaughey. He's just... He's just so over the top, and they they make fun of him like in the movie. The character they make they don't make fun of McConaughey, but they make fun of the character he's playing kind of in the movie. And he, it's just it's good stuff. It's based on a true story as well. Great stuff. All right, is that it? That's it. You, you got anything like not today? Terrible to leave us on? No, normally All right. All no right, cliffhangers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 